Bloody Elbow presents exclusive fighter interviews. This special show gives you a series of exclusive combat sports interviews as conducted by members of the Bloody Elbow staff. The UFC's former interim lightweight champion and one of the pound-for-pound best fighters on the planet, Dustin Poirier. How are you, sir? Doing good, man. Just getting back from the gym. I understand. Uh, so that's the life of, of a fighter. Um, yeah, you better believe it. It's good to see you healthy. And kudos to you for defeating staff infection in the championship rounds. What in the world? <laughs> What does that feel like? I, I mean, a lot of us will probably never get staff. A lot of us do the best we can to prevent it. But ultimately, chances are if you train, it's going to happen or ringworm or MRSA or something along those lines. So what did it feel like? And, and how did you notice the infection starting? Yeah, man, I've been fighting for 15 years. So I've had staff a couple of times throughout my career. I've never, this was the first time I've been hospitalized with it. I uh, I had it in my, like a couple of times, it it hasn't even had like an open wound. It started like a cellulitis and then got infected somehow. I'm not even sure. But this particular time, it was in my foot. It was, I, I got home from my fight in November with Chandler, took a week off, hung out with family, and then got back to the gym, you know, and, and it happened the first week I was back home in the gym in Louisiana. Um, trained for a full week. Went to sleep on Friday night, woke up Saturday in pain, in serious pain, uh, couldn't really walk, didn't have any open wound on my foot, so not really sure what was going on. Got some oral antibiotics called in. And uh, also, this is the first time I've had to get it lacer, you know, like lanced and drained and, and, and packed and stuff like that. So uh, usually I just go to the doctor and I get oral antibiotics, like a back drum or something strong. And, and within hours I can feel some relief because, because staph infection is very painful, very, very painful. Um, so I woke up that Saturday, got the doctor to give me some antibiotics, started taking them. Nothing was going on. Like I, I was still in pain. I had a fever. So I knew it was getting kind of serious. And then I woke up Sunday morning, like in more pain. And I and me and my wife were talking like, we got to go to the hospital. You know, this we, we did 24 hours on antibiotics and nothing has changed at all. I had a fever of like a hundred degrees for like four days straight. Um, but I went to the hospital and I was there for like maybe five days, four or five days, got it lanced, got it packed with gauze, got on a bunch of um, intravenous antibiotics that they were rotating on me. Then I got sent back home and after, but I'm all good now. Man, that's wild. It sounds pretty scary. It sucked. Was there ever like a point during the whole thing where you're laid up in the hospital bed questioning if you'd ever fight again? Nah, I never got that serious. Um, I just I just hoped that like it didn't get into my blood or into my bone. That's what the doctors were kind of really monitoring closely is because this, it was deep inside my foot. It wasn't like on the surface. It was deep like in, in my foot and it was right above the bone. Um and if it could have gotten to the bone, you know, I could have had to pe- get a piece of my foot amputated or something like that. Good thing that wasn't that never happened. But uh, yes, that I mean, any athletes out there, not just fighters, if you think you're having a skin infection or something, get it checked out immediately. Staff can be very, very dangerous, man. Do you know how you got it at all? I mean, do you know like the specific place? Like you let your teammates know? Nah, I mean, like I said, over the over the over the years, I've had it a couple times, <clears throat> and I don't know any time where it came it came from you know i'm training with different bodies i'm i'm kicking bags i'm wrestling on different mats it's it's hard to say exactly where it came from i mean it's 
it's pretty scary and it, it sounds wild. Would you say you're a hundred percent recovered from that now? I have like, uh, so all the gauze is the packing is out of my foot stitches are out. I don't have any wound, like scabbing or anything. I'm all healed from the cut and the infection, but I still feel like some pain in my bone, uh, in my foot when I run or when I kick or, or pivot on it, I kind of still feel a little soreness. I don't know what that is, but, um, I went to the doctor before I came out here to South Florida to train for a week and everything was good. Everything was on track. You know, the infection was out. So I think it's just going to take some time for the pain to go away, but I'm back, man. I'm, I'm pretty much a hundred percent. Well, you're known for your toughness. I mean, anyone, you can ask anybody and, and toughness will be one of the adjectives people will use to describe you. Um, and speaking of toughness, a little birdie t- told me that you have partnered up with Timex watches and you're going to be one of their partners along with the UFC as the official timekeeper for the promotion. How in the world uh, did this even come to be? I'm not sure. You know, Timex and the UFC did a deal where, where Timex was going to be the official timekeeper of the UFC, like you said. And uh, they might have wanted to start picking up some talent that had some big fights coming up. So this kind of happened right before I fought my last fight in Madison Square Garden. I'm not sure all of the all of the fighters that they they kind of vetted out and and chose from, but I know for sure me, Sean O'Malley, um, my deal is a three month deal I got with him, and he he had a big fight coming up as well, so I don't know anything about his deal, but it was just they saw big fights coming up and their partnership was newer and, and they they took advantage of it, so it was a great opportunity for everyone. That's awesome. Uh, it's funny I remember being a kid and having one of these little Indiglo Timex watches. And then yeah. it was so tough. Like, it just would not die. And, like, who better than the toughest person ever, Dustin Poirier, to, like, represent the brand? <laughs> Are there going to be, like, different versions? Are you going to have, like, your own watch brand, like, different Dustin Poirier style? I'd love to do, like, a, um, you know, a, a, a custom watch f- for myself or that they sell or something like that. I'm totally open to that and interested in it. But their UFC line, they have a bunch of watches specifically made for the UFC bunch of cool designs, some sleek designs, some bigger stuff, you know. Um, but the Indiglo is still there. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that brings me back, man. Um, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a cool thing. I mean, when you were fighting in the WEC, did you ever think in a million years you would be doing deals with companies like Timex? Nah, dude. But before the WEC, I was fighting in rodeo arenas in Louisiana. So that was the furthest. So I never would have imagined that uh, I'd be doing deals with Timex and companies like Samsung and Celsius and all these, you know, Robert Graham, all these partnerships I have. But I did an interview the other day and I was saying this, that these, these partnerships, like I'm a watch guy, you know, I own a quite a, quite a few watches. And, and uh, so when this deal came about, I was, I was excited about it. Those are the kind of uh, sponsorships that I try to align myself with things that that are organic to, to my everyday life, you know, same thing with uh, Samsung. I've, I've always been using Samsung. You know, I get all my buddies are iPhone. They're like, dude, you got to get an iPhone. I'm like, nah, man, I'm Sam. I've been Samsung since I was young, you know, and, and now I have a, a deal with a sponsorship deal with them. I'm one of their athletes. And a lot of this stuff is all organic. I was actually using the product or a fan of it before it happened. And, and that was the key. Man, that's that's fantastic. That's kind of how that's like a good sign that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in life, you know, and when things just kind of align in that kind of way. It's pretty impressive. Um Try my best, man. In the movies, right? You, you you see guys about to get in a scuffle and they're like taking their watches off or whatever, taking their jackets off, rolling their sleeves up. 
would you have to take this UFC watch off to get in the scuffle, or could you leave it on? Is it tough? Not, not this one. They have another one that has some metal. It's a little heavy. I might have to take that one off. This one's pretty sporty and sleek, dude. I can, I can throw with this. I can <laughs> grapple with this. I'll be all right. Awesome. Uh, so, like you said, you fought Michael Chandler. Um, crazy banger. I think it won fight of the night, actually. Um, classic Dustin Poirier fight. I mean, must see. You got to tune in. It's it's. If if you want to, if you need to expose someone to their first MMA fight, show them a Dustin Poirier fight and they'll be hooked. Um, that fight was wild. Uh, you caught him in a rear naked choke. Uh, it was a very, we'll say, we'll say Chandler was uh, maybe a little too game sometimes with uh, a little some of the fouls that were going on. Um, being, I mean, I didn't even know Michael Chandler had a neck, right? But somehow you managed to find it and you choked him out. First guy to ever do it to Chandler. Would you say that finishing him kind of was a little more satisfying because of all the fouls you had to endure during the match? Just getting the win in general, but but finishing him was the goal. You know, I, honestly, I didn't think I was going to submit him. I knew I had the capabilities to do it, but I thought I was going to knock him out. I, I really did. You know, when I went to sleep at night, every night during training camp, I really felt like I was going to clip this guy and hurt him and get him out of there. And, and I did. You know, I hurt him, but I just couldn't get him out of there. He was he was tougher than I thought. You know, I've seen him hurt in past fights, and I just thought in, in my mind, like, if, if that happens, I'm going to I'm going to get him out of there. And uh, he was a little bit more durable than, than I I expected he was going to be. Uh, I, I know afterwards he kind of. He was, of course, he was asked about it, and he kind of schluffed it off as, you know, the referees and blah blah blah. What did you think of that non-apology? Do you kind of just take it with a grain of salt, or about what about uh, when when he was asked about the fouls, the fish hooking, and and, and all that? He kind of just pushed it off and saying, "Hey, the refs, you know." I don't, I, I, I don't want an apology. It doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, I just want you to be honest. That's all I ask. You know. Very respectable. I get it. Now he's calling for a match with Conor McGregor, which could happen. Uh, you know, they both need wins, both coming off of losses, both exciting fighters. Who would you favor in that matchup? I would, I would favor Conor. Yeah. You think he would get yeah. that? I think Chandler's very hittable. Conor's timing, you know, we'll see what the layoff too might be a big factor for Conor. But uh, yeah, I would pick Connor still in in this one. Chandler's hittable. Connor's longer than him. Um, Chandler slows down. You know, if he does wrestle heavy to avoid the striking with with Connor, he's going to slow down a little bit, and then he'll, he'll be more in front of Connor and, and able to to get touched. I would I would put money on Connor if if it was going that if if the fight happens. Mm, okay and would you ever write... not that i can i can't bet i can't bet MMA. <laughs> not that i can but right correct correct you gotta definitely put that caveat out there man what a what a crazy crazy end to 2022 i'll say that i mean what do you think of all that betting stuff i mean it kind of blew up you know the ufc these sponsors and then pff. dude i'm glad it happened because i usually do bet on fights i'm glad it happened right before that uh O'Malley Jan Jan oh, yeah, fight yeah. because I would have lost a bunch of money. I, I had uh I had I would have bet Gamrot to beat Dariush. I would have bet 
Peter DeVito Malley. Like, dude, I, I'd have lost a bunch of money. So they, they saved me some money. But what I think about the whole picture of it, I, I don't know. I don't know the details. I know they have some things that were fishy and maybe we'll, we'll get some clarity, you know, as time goes on about everything that, that, that happened, but I have no clue exactly what's going on. I mean, or before this, were you someone that would bet on themselves like going in? Like I believe in myself. I have, much? I have, I have bet on myself before. Well, obviously it was a good, <laughs> a good, good look. Yeah. Not, nothing, nothing crazy like to brag about, but I definitely bet, you know, 200 here, a couple hundred, you know, stuff like that. Cool. Um, so, you're- and I don't think that's the problem. Is the the problem is if I was betting against myself, then we have a problem, you know. But, but still, it's it's inside of trading, you know. If I'm training with these guys and they have an injury going into a fight or whatever, you know, I, I'm seeing it from a different angle than the than the public and the matchmakers are seeing it. So I, I can see it's just not a good look for the sport in general. And I have no problem with you know being removed from the betting side of mixed martial arts. Yeah, I mean, they they did ruin it for everybody else. <laughs> they're they're making the spot hot, so to speak. But I, I guess that is what it is. Um, so the current state of the lightweight division, you got Islam Makachev. He defeated Charles Oliveira, caught him in an arm triangle. Pretty impressive performance. Awesome watching his trajectory. Uh, when that happened, did you did you feel like him winning the belt put you that much closer to another title shot? That, and that's another one I would have bet on. You know, I would have lost. That was the same night. I would have lost that one, too. Um, it, it's it's new blood as a champion. It creates all new matchups for everybody who's previously fought, you know, Charles for the belt. So it does open open things up for sure. And, I mean, how do you feel like you stack up against Islam? I mean, of course, you know, you should at least feel like you could beat anyone on the planet on any, any given night. Um but, I mean, how would you prepare differently for him than you did for Khabib? It would it would probably, honestly, be similar uh, training camp. A lot of wrestling, a lot of jiu-jitsu. You know, it, it would be similar. Uh, I asked you out in Abu Dhabi before the Khabib fight, if the opportunity presented itself, would you jump a guillotine and, and go hard for it? And you told me you got to risk it for the biscuit. And... Sure enough, in the fight, you, you you came closer than anyone has ever come to defeating Khabib. And I mean, with that guillotine, that was really tight. Um, would you jump the guillotine again against Islam if the same situation kind of presented itself? Of course I would. <laughs> of course I would. All right. I'm glad to hear that. I definitely would. It, it was it was pretty damn close. But before that, Islam's got to get through Alexander Volkanovsky, the featherweight champion. That's going down in Perth. Kind of a crazy, no one left field kind of move, didn't see it coming. But here we are, UFC 284. Who do you have in that one? Is Islam leaving as the champion? I think Islam is going to win. Um, but, I, but I don't know. You know, um, I think Islam's going to be a lot bigger than uh, Volkanovsky more rangier um since Volkanovski's sh- closer to the ground you know shorter and, and has a lower base it might be tougher Islam to get in deep on, on normal shots but maybe he can trip him up or put him up against the fence I know Volkanovski used to get heavy you know years ago he used to walk around heavier but fighting at 45 for as long as he has and then coming up and fighting a guy like Islam who who's not a small guy you know at, at 155 pounds there's gonna be a little bit difference for sure and It'll come down to the striking, you know, I, I think, 
because I don't think these guys are going to spend a whole lot of time on the mat unless Islam can get him down and stay on top of him. And, and I think that's going to be tough for him to do against Volk. Yeah, I mean, Volkanovski showed off plenty of stellar anti-wrestling, stellar submission defense. That guillotine he got out of uh, with uh, Brian Ortega was miraculous. So it, it's definitely an interesting matchup. And, I mean, I think they're saying this is like the pound for pound versus pound for pound or number one, number two, whatever the case may be. Um, is a fight with Alexander Vol- Volkanovsky something that ever tickled your fancy? Is that something you ever entertained or thought about? I've never really thought about it, you know. Um, yeah, I, I never sat back and thought about it. And before this fight was even announced, it never really was a possibility. Okay, I, I understand that so with him being at 145 and all. Yeah. I mean, you've you've been there, you've done that, you paid your dues, you fought everybody. I mean, your resume is 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 one of the most impressive you'll ever find. Uh, at this stage in your career, I mean, who are some of the big names that you would consider facing or would make for fun fights? Man, I really wanted to fight Nate before he left the company. You know, we tried to make it happen a few times. It just never came together. Something always happened, but I'm not sure, man. The guys who are under the under the the roster right now, like names. I was just talking about this with someone at the gym. Names aren't really jumping out to me, but me thinking about it and the UFC calling me and say, "Hey, this guy, this date," you know that 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 makes me feel different when I when it's real. So sitting back, I don't know. I don't know who to fight. What's going to happen? We'll just have to see when they call me how I feel, you know, I just want to be excited. I want to be scared. I want to be nervous and I want to be motivated. I love that. And you told, you told Chandler that after y'all's fight, you told him you were, you were scared to fight him and, in you know, respectful kind of way. I thought that was pretty cool. And you don't really see guys admitting that uh, openly. I, I wear it on my sleeve, man. I'm not trying to, you know, I fought 30 times in Zufa. You know, I, people know I'm tough and I'll, and I'm, I get down and I, you know, I love to fight, but to say I'm not nervous or you see the word scared, you have to be careful using, but you just, it's the unknown, you know, no matter how prepared I am when I go in there, anything could happen. That's what scares me, especially against guys who are that explosive and that powerful, anything could happen in there. And uh, the unknown scares me. And and especially against guys, like I just said, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, ashamed to admit it. That's what motivates me. That's what gets me going. That's what makes me bust my ass and be my best. Yeah, I, I think that sentiment is shared by most people. Most fighters have that fear. I mean, it, it's kind of um, unavoidable. I mean, it's a fight. Like, Right, right. I mean, the world is watching. You know, my livelihood is on the line. My family, you know. Especially everything. at the level you do it at. Like, that's the pinnacle. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing bigger, you know. And, and with that particular fight, you know, I was coming off of a, a, of a loss. You know, I've never lost two in a row. That pressure is on me, too. You know, a lot, a lot of things. A lot of things go on. Uh, I mean, it's you have the mental toughness. Nobody can deny that. Um, and I want to ask you about mental health a little bit. I mean, you're someone who just you don't break in fights. And and we see time and time again when guys have a, a pressure applied to them, you know, the, they wilt or they get the fight taken out of them. And I don't think I've ever seen that in, in your situation. Um, I got to speak with you out in Abu Dhabi. And you told me about your, your, uh, you call it your circle of, of control, where you put everything you can control inside the circle and things you can't outside of the circle, and you only focus on the inside. And 
a couple months after that, I went and took a pro MMA fight and I implemented that same logic and I did a little video series for it. And I said, hey, you got this circle of control. What's inside? Pay attention to it. What's outside? Don't. And I have to thank you for that because it, it really helped me out. And and I, I just want to say thank you because it, it really it, it kept my my mentality where it needed to be and kept me from getting distracted from the plethora of distractions out there. Um, right. That That's awesome to hear, man. So outside of training, though, I mean, what are some of the other techniques you use to keep your mental health as strong as possible? Because the fight life is not easy. You got to isolate yourself and uh, you, you have to sacrifice so much. So how do you how do you how do you stay positive up here and, and keep this sharp? I practice gratitude. You know, I write I write down things that I'm thankful for every day and, and I have so much to list. You know, I've come a long way in my life. I've taken some people, you know, my family with me, some people with me. And, and you know, I just have a lot. To, I'm giving back to the community where I'm from and in a good position to be able to do all these things. And I just, you know, my family's healthy. My little girl is blossoming and, you know, in first grade and reading. I'm just thankful and grateful for everything that I've I've done, everything that I've worked for, just everything. And I think that's a powerful thing to live your life in that way. And sometimes I get away from it, you know, sometimes I get away from it, but I feel like I, I need to get back to it when I feel, when I feel a certain way, I need to go back to writing down gratitude in the morning, taking some time out, you know, and uh, just like, a, it's like checking yourself, you know, cause it's easy to fall, especially with all the social media stuff and all the negativity that's floating around everywhere. It's easy, so easy to fall into that, that mind's trap. Um, just trying to stay around positive people, you know, that's, that's my new year's resolution. And I, I never do new year's resolutions. I'm not really that type of guy, but to protect my energy more this year, you know, not let people drain me of, of, of things that I, I, you know, I have no control over, not overextend myself, you know, focus more on me and my family. That's, that's what I want to do this year. That's awesome. Uh, the attitude of gratitude, I'm big on that as well. I try to start every day with that from that position and the days I don't are often, I'm I'm more chaotic those days. I'm less centered. I'll say. Yeah. Um, who would you say? Right. I like writing stuff down. I felt I feel like there's power in that too. Like if I just wake up and think about things I'm grateful for, that's great. You know that that that's awesome. But when I when I wake up, have a cup of coffee, and I write a couple of things down, I just feel like that's that's there's some kind of power in that that that, that feels good. No, that, that's awesome. And I mean, that's probably why you have so much clout with MMA fans and with the fighters alike. And and you've done a really great job of of building a brand for yourself and capitalizing on that brand. Um, that's why I think and I've done nothing but be myself, dude. That's the key. I mean, being genuine. Um, but it's it's you're kind of like the poster boy of how to do it. You know, you pay your dues, you build your platform, and you capitalize on it and grow it. And you know, it's your livelihood there. Um, but I have to ask you about this because you you have such important status in, in the MMA world. Um, and I hate to even talk about it, but Dana White, obviously, with the whole him and his wife got caught being physical with one another. Not a good look for the UFC. He's got the UFC slap coming out. In your opinion, as someone who knows what it takes to build a brand and keep it moving in, a, in the forward direction, how does the UFC and Dana White bounce back from the situation? Dude, I, I'm not sure. I, I have no clue. I, uh, you know, you should never put your hands on a woman. 
I don't know. I, I don't know the repercussion that comes along with a, with somebody at his stature running these businesses and and doing something like that. I have no clue. It's it's not a good look for sure. Do you think the UFC should sanction him in any way or maybe suspend him like they would do a fighter or stay out of it? Or I'd be I'd be I'll, I'm staying out of it because I'd be talking on my ass. I don't know what what should happen. You know, I don't know what should happen. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a wild situation. And the irony of it all with the whole power slap thing coming out. Uh, have you seen the power slap deal? Yeah. Uh, would you consider that a sport? No. <laughs> I don't think no. I think it's uh, a little silly. It's more of a tough man competition type thing, you know? Yeah. But and, and and I'm just not educated on the techniques of, of slapping, you know? slapping somebody so perhaps perhaps you could cross train with nate diaz at some point and get your slap skills up (laughs) probably not um well on a lighter side tell me about poirier's louisiana hot sauce how that's coming along and where's the best place i can score some my man it's 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 great i got a almost an empty bottle right here of my new stuff i'm running low okay been down in it i yeah I uh, everything's going great. You know, it's the official hot sauce of the UFC. Next was the uh, last two months of last year, and then all of twenty three. So we're in a good position, growing the brand, putting out good product. Um, everything's going great, man. I, I'm thankful that I took this venture. You know, I love cooking and I love food. And and uh, when the pandemic happened and I was stuck in my home, that's when I, I started reaching out to different companies. Me and my my marketing company worked together and, and found the best group of guys and put together a team that I'm very thankful for, man. And we have a really good team on the hot sauce and everything's going great. And you can get it at heatness.com. Heatness, 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 heatness.com. Uh, just search Poirier to bring you up. You can buy singles, three packs, whatever. But if you're international, go to heartbeathotsauce.com. And that they'll ship internationally. We also have merch over there and, and hats like this, shirts, jackets, all kind of cool stuff, man. All the drip. I love it. Um, the drip, the hot sauce drip. Inside and outside of the cage, what are your three biggest goals for 2023? Win. Win inside and out. Win, win, win. I dig it. Well, how can people follow you on your journey? What are your Instagram handles, your Twitter, Facebook, whatever, whatever, whatever. everything, all my social media is under my name, Dustin Poirier at Dustin Poirier, Instagram, Twitter, I believe Facebook as well. I'm not on TikTok or any other thing. Don't, you know, Instagram and and Twitter is enough to keep up with. Oh, I understand. I definitely understand. Uh, Well, Dustin, thank you so much for joining me and, and thank you for really dedicating your life to your art uh, and putting on so Thanks, man. entertaining performances. Uh, you truly are a role model, and I wish you nothing but continued success and prosperity. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I wish you the same, man. Sweet. Thank you, Dustin. That was awesome. I definitely appreciate it. My, again, if you're there, I My pleasure, man. Thank you. That was a fun interview. Hey, thank you. That means a lot to me. And, uh, man, that little nugget of the circle, I'm telling you, that really kept me on the... Okay. A guy named Jeff Jordan actually actually showed me that, and it just helps me kind of you know really focus in on what what I what matters. Not that like the other stuff completely doesn't matter, but I have no control of it. So what can I? What am I stressing? You know what am I stressing about? Right. Yeah. Especially in a camp when when you already have so much pressure on you. Right, and you have no control over it. So 
all those things outside the circle are going to be what they're going to be. There's nothing you can do about it, you know, but what you have control of, that's what you need to master. You know, I I saw a thing the other day. I I saw a quote the other day. It said, uh, worrying and stressing about things you can't control is like paying a, uh, a rent. You don't know, you know, you don't owe. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, I'm like, that's, that's right. That's what's outside the circle, man. Don't pay no, don't pay no rent. Yeah. It's like, why deal with problems when they come? There's no point in uh in, in stressing in stressing them yeah. out going crazy. Yeah. Don't pay a debt. Don't pay a debt you don't know. That's right. There it is. That's good. I like that. Well, Dustin, thank you so much, man. You, you really helped me out. Uh, more than you probably realize or, or know. Thanks, you brother. Probably, you could probably like give seminars to up and coming fighters on just how to play the game. I'm still. I'm still. I've been in it for a while, dude. I'm still finding it out. It's always evolving and changing. I'm just trying to do what I think's right and, and that's it you know just be yourself that that's it that's that's what these guys need to learn yeah man cool all right um Kim you need anything else from me no that was incredible thank you so much Eddie and Dustin thank you again so much for your time so appreciated interview was fantastic um so thank you both awesome awesome appreciate you guys thank you so much have a good Thanks, weekend Bye. you guys too yeah Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivis Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, and Radio Style Play-By-Play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloody elbow blog and as always on bloodyelbow.com. <laughs>